Creative Conundrums is recorded in Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation. Hi, and welcome to Creative Conundrums. I'm Googly Doc. And I'm Senpai. We're here to talk about our struggles and triumphs as creatives. And answer creative questions asked by you, our loving and sometimes bizarre podcast family. If you have any questions for future shows, send them to creativeconundrums at outlook.com. Hey everybody, I am the incredible, incomparable, and incomprehensible Googly Doc. And I am Spoopy Senpai. Welcome to the Creative Conundrums Halloween Spooptacular. Yep, okay, so we're breaking from our normal kind of everyday like question-answer kind of thing. We're not talking about a creative shit, but we've got a couple stories for you, and then we're going to talk about some other crap. We are going to be talking about some weird television stuff. Namely Twin Peaks. Maybe Twin Peaks. Namely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, well. Okay. Well, Doc. Yeah. Twin Peaks. Yes. (laughs) So, (laughs) I finished it yesterday. I watched, like, the last five episodes yesterday. And... And the entire last episode just fucking throws me for a fucking loop. Okay, let, let's let's rewind to the first two seasons. Okay, first, first two seasons okay. of Twin Peaks. Now, let me give me your impression of season one. Season one was like, oh, whatever. This is just a murder mystery. Yeah. Okay. There's there's some there's some like so like some paranormalish like visions happening of of somebody. Okay. Yeah. I I can get behind it. And, like, some odd camera angles and some weird direction and stuff like that. Yeah, but largely it was just murder mystery, and that was pretty much it. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But it was just setting the stage, wasn't it? It, it, yeah. The first season was just setting the stage. That's, that's a way of putting it, yeah. (laughs) We'll go with that. Okay, okay. Okay. So... What impressions left you, like, what impressions were you left with after season one was done, but before you watched season two? Like, actually, you know what, just in complete hindsight, what do you think of season one in relation to everything else? Where exactly, oh, wait, no, hang on. Sorry, I had to double check of when in my head season one ended. Uh, And it ends with Cooper getting shot. Sorry, spoilers. Um. it's a 25-year-old television series. <laughs> I think I think the, the expiry date on spoilering is, is spoilering is that a, is that a word? Uh, it is now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's expired anyway. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean it's like it just it just seemed like a murder mystery, like regular old murder mystery to me. Like it wasn't super creepy. Um, I have been getting into a lot of like true crime podcasts though lately, so it's like it's kind of more along those lines uh, for the first season. That that that's really the impression that I was left with after season one. Right, right, right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's that's really all I can say about season one. That that's that's about it. All right. Now, 
season two. Season two tapped into the fucking like tiny bit of supernatural element and fucking cranked that shit to eleven. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! Also, Mr. Holmes is in it. <laughs> I, I feel a little bit bad for calling him Mr. Holmes because that's all, that's that's really like like and I know he's done a lot of other roles, but the guy the guy who plays the giant whose name I can't remember off the top of my head and I should have probably looked it up beforehand. Um, but he. <laughs> He's Loxana's Troy's valet, Mr. Holm, in Star Trek The Next Generation, and that's, like, really how I know him. And I know he's done Lurch uh, in the Adams family, but to me, he will always be Mr. Holm. Mr. Holm? Okay. Yeah. Now, Cooper, you said, yeah. was shot at the end of season one, yeah. right? Yeah, oh my god, the fuck, oh god. Okay, the, I, I do have to say this, that 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 decrepit old bellboy <laughs> i don't even know what else to call him <laughs> the, the old man that just keeps coming back and like giving a thumbs up it's like dude call the fucking hospital <laughs> yep <laughs> I, I could not get over that that was really really tough for me to get over because i'm just like what the fuck are you doing buddy <laughs> but yeah um okay but yeah so cooper had gotten shot at the end of season one so the beginning of season two is literally him lying on the floor with this bellboy coming back and talking to him <laughs> instead of right. calling the authorities exactly now now this is when everything gets weird is in season two yep right mm-hmm. and it's immediate everything gets weird immediately and i mean immediately after Cooper shot. Yeah, why is that? You tell me. Oh fuck, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I've really got nothing on there. I, I really don't. Okay. <laughs> All right. There's, there's a whole bunch of theories I got. Okay. okay. Now, either A, Cooper's dead, and everything's getting weird because it's not really the physical world anymore. It's almost like a dreamscape right okay yeah and it could be his his brain is just that's kind of dying. Left, like moments of life yeah i got it yeah. yeah and this and everything that's happened after he's been shot is just his brain going through this you know dying phase right i mean there was a few like weirder things though that happened in season one that sort of pointed to this stuff but it just wasn't yeah. shown yet right so right. I think I think some of the weird shit was already going on. We just weren't shown that as the audience. Okay, okay, okay. I now, think that that that's one theory I had. Yeah. Past tense, right? Ah. Now there's a lot of weird stuff happening in Twin Peaks because Twin Peaks is kind of like a spiritual like nexus, mm-hmm. like a, uh, uh, where ley lines cross is what I'm uh, my second theory here, right? Mm-hmm. And. Cooper gets shot and it helps him spiritually attune to the area. It's almost like a blood sacrifice. Yeah. And yeah. And it kind of attunes him to these ley lines that are going through this place. And he's now spiritually tied to this place. Right. And so he's all of a sudden now able to interact with all of the weirdness that's there. Right. I think that one has probably the most weight to it, yeah. 
Yeah. So that that's what I'm thinking at this point. Everything is weird, but Cooper didn't, he couldn't really interact with it and, and, and really perceive it until he became a part of it through a blood ritual. Yeah. And anyway, anyway, yeah. let's, let, let's go on. Let's okay. go on. More, more impressions about season two from you. There are some creepy shit happening. Um, huh. I really should have written, like, taken some notes on this. Uh, there is some crazy shit happening. Some of it was, like, almost a little disturbing to me. Uh, yeah. Because th- this, is, this is when her mom started seeing, like, Laura's mom started seeing uh, um, Bob everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, apparently, the, the reason that that happened was because the cameraman who plays Bob, who was originally just a cameraman, uh, accidentally got into a shot, um, into a mirror in one of the shots, and then that's when <laughs> that's when David Lynch fucking, like, just took that and <laughs> ran with it, which, <laughs> fucking great job, man. I know. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. Let's write this guy yeah. in. That was so creepy. Yeah. 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 Just run with it from there. It was a great job, and it yeah, it got really freaky and really pretty quickly. Not super quickly. It it kind of still like it led you down the path in a still like decent time that it wasn't like all of a sudden, bam, all this crazy shit right there. <clears throat> like yeah, there was a little bit of that like with the with the giant showing up like right away, um, but it still led you down the path at a nice leisurely pace to the creepy yeah yeah yeah. all right should we talk about season three now uh yes let's talk season three now fucking what okay (laughs) i mean that's like all i ever the the first bit of the seat like the first the the majority of the season i was kind of with it um okay let let me start this off just just okay now, 25 years ago is when season two aired, right? Well, 25 years before um, season three before aired, season three. which right, was right. 2017, so it's 92. Right. It was the, that's when that season ended, right? Mm-hmm. And they mentioned in... Um. Oh shit. Um. They mentioned in the last episode, like in his dream inside the Black Lodge, or I guess it wasn't. I guess it yeah. was in his dream, but inside yeah. the Black Lodge, uh, Laura, who's dead, is in there, and she says, "I'll see you in twenty-five years." Right. Exactly. Um. And season three launched twenty-five years later to the day that that last episode aired isn't that fucking amazing i I think that was just an opportunity that they they found and they took it because weren't they originally canceled yes yeah Uh, i i think they were canceled anyway but uh, anyway but it's it's fantastic just the opportunity like it's it's amazing it's absolutely amazing now i prefer to think that David Lynch wrote two seasons and ended it that way for the specific purpose of having season three launched 25 years later. Uh, I mean, I 
I, I guess I'd buy it. <laughs> that's that's the way I prefer to think of it in my head, Canon, because it's just too awesome that way. Fair. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it. Okay, season three. Keep keep keep, yeah. keep going. Keep going. I've, I've I've beaten that horse to death. Fair. Um. Okay. So season three, a lot of part of season three is still Cooper not being able to get out of the Black Lodge that he got trapped in and his doppelgangers running around um, as him pretty much just pretending to be Cooper and like just I don't even really know what he's doing I will say though I, I have a headcanon that the experiment that's being run in New York um, at the very beginning of season three I think that's the captain's and I don't care what anyone tells me. To me, How I Met Your Mother is somehow tied into this, and that's the captain. <laughs> and that's All it. Right. That that's that's my headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> no one can tell me otherwise. Um. So then, uh, and then once he finally does, I was okay. I was a little annoyed, but also still somewhat amused at um Cooper somehow getting into. I don't even know how to explain this. So his doppelganger somehow manufactured like a clone of them who's living in Las Vegas. Cooper somehow escapes the Black Lodge and gets into that guy's life and is like living in this catatonic state for like, I, it feels like fucking forever. And it actually pretty much fucking was forever. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a little amused by it because it's like he just kind of ended up he just kept kept ending up in some weird situations that he ended up like saving the fucking day for. Oh man! Um, but he was. I, I also found it a little annoying that he was just so. I mean, I don't want to say broken, but there's. I don't really have another better word for it. Like he was just in a catatonic state, just kind of walking around, repeating what other people told him. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Un until he electrocuted himself. And then I was really annoyed with the last episode because essentially once Cooper finally got in his right mind and like met up again with Diane, he didn't seem like Cooper anymore. And I got very, con I'm very confused with the ending. Well, they have expressed interest that of shooting another scene. Maybe that would explain why... Yeah, I I don't know. I, 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 I seriously feel like the Cooper from the last episode wasn't Cooper. I feel like it was some sort of weird amalgamation of him and his doppelganger. Well, Lynch uh, was interviewed since then. And he, mm -hmm. uh, on, uh, he, he was asked whether he would want to do this again. He said uh, something along the lines of, uh, I don't know, I have a box of ideas. And <laughs> I'm working with producers. Kind of trying to uh, see if there's anything more to come out of those boxes and stuff. Maybe. I, I, I will I, say the I, Woodsman. I, the I can't remember what he said exactly, but uh, it hinted strongly that he wants to do it again. Yeah. I will say the Woodsmen were, like, fucking terrifying. Um, I don't really have anything else to say about them. I, I honestly found them very scary. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> um, uh, he, he's a strange guy. David Lynch. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'd say uh, so. <laughs> Not in now, a bad way. 
he said in 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 the interview that uh one more story was calling to him and that's not really uh an odd thing because stories tend to call to people who write Mm -hmm. but he said uh but he said there were disturbances Hmm. so i don't know what the hell he's talking about either stories like i don't know i don't know we'll 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 see i want to see a season four I'd like to. I'd, I'd especially like to see. Um, I mean, I'd really like to see some sort of explanation of why Cooper was so vastly different, especially in that last episode. Like, it just it didn't ring true to who who Cooper was, and so I was a little bit, I guess, perturbed would be a good word there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It, yeah. Absolutely. I wonder if he's hinting at something that I haven't quite gleaned. Maybe. I don't know. All I know is that it's it the the Cooper from the very final episode uh seemed very much like his doppelganger. Yeah. And you know, I think uh yeah, I, it's possible that uh David Lynch has killed off Cooper and left his doppel, doppelganger. But I also don't see how that would have happened anyway. I don't know. I don't know. I, I got I got to rewatch it and see if I've missed something. And that's one of the beautiful things about Twin Peaks is that you really don't fucking understand anything until you've watched it multiple times. Yeah. I, I don't see myself going back to watch episode, or season three, um, mostly because some of the stuff that was in there, especially like with the um, uh, with the, the woodsman was really fucking freaky. <laughs> yeah there was a lot of scary stuff in season three like yeah. bonafide horror elements in season three and you know what that kind of blew me away so i'll pick yeah. watch it again so yeah it, i all of our listeners out there i highly recommend watching season one season two and season three in that order uh and binge watching the whole thing um especially if you're into uh weird stuff um suspense and horror. I might have to go back at some point and watch uh, the movie Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me. I, I might yeah. have to do that. Oh, you didn't watch that? I didn't watch that. No, uh, but that's oh. that's a prequel to this whole story, right? It's like yeah, yeah. It does it it does clarify some things. So yeah, yeah. I'm not okay. going to spoil it for you. No, that's fine. I kind of know a little bit about it, but it don't. Yeah, it's not that. I'm not that worried. Oh. Anyway, so yeah, I, I highly recommend watching it. The other thing too, though, is they also have to tie in a few deaths now again to uh, the Twin Peaks storyline if they were to do a season four. Because um, what's his face? Oh God! Um, one of the FBI agents died shortly after the third season was released. Um, he had throat cancer. Uh, and oh, then, like like died in real life. Yeah, and then um, the guy who played uh, Frank Truman, the uh, sheriff from season three, he also passed away. Actually, like literally, not, not even a month ago. This this past month. So yeah, so that's that's sad too. Um, yeah, agreed. So there's that. Uh, but yeah, I'd I'd be interested to see a season four with maybe a little bit less horror stuff. I'm not. I'm not a fan of horror movies and, and all that. So there's that. Yeah. Very nice. Anyway, so uh, 
did you want to talk about some other kind of horror stuff that's coming out right now or did you want to just break right into the stories uh first i want to tell you uh ghost pun because i totally forgot these last episode ghost puns okay what do ghosts do to avoid dying in car crashes uh they buckle up uh no they buckle their sheet belts oh okay (laughs) (laughs) all right uh let me let me tell you a couple other ones where does a ghost go on vacation uh where does a ghost go on vacation i can't remember malibu malibu okay (laughs) Um. <laughs> <laughs> what is the ghost's favorite carnival ride? Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, the Booler Coaster? Uh, close. A Roller Ghoster. Roller Ghoster. <laughs> ah, okay. What kind of street do ghosts prefer to live on? What kind of street do they prefer to live on? Yeah. Uh, oh, goodness. I don't know. A dead end. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, that's so good. What is in a ghost's nose? What is it? Okay, I don't know. Boogers. Oh. <laughs> I have that in common with them. <laughs> oh, God. How, do, how can you tell a ghost is sad? Oh, sweet, merciful crap. I don't know. It goes boo-hoo. Uh, <laughs> why did I not get that one? <laughs> I am disappointed. I am so disappointed. I'm not, because this is funnier to me. <laughs> <laughs> what did one ghost say to their ghost crush? Their ghost crush? I thought, didn't we do this one already? I don't think so. Okay, our go- a ghost crush is. I believe in you. No. No? You look beautiful today. Beautiful today. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Where do fashionable ghosts shop for sheets? Fashionable ghosts shop for sheets? Yeah. I can't believe I said that correctly. <laughs> that's such a tongue twister. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I don't know. Boutiques. Boutiques. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, I've got one one last one. Uh-huh. What room of the house are you least likely to find a ghost? Least likely to find a ghost? Yeah. I don't know. The living room. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that is all my ghost puns for this year. For next year, if you guys would like to hear any other... Uh, ghost puns or any other just monster puns i will be happy to hear them and i will keep them locked up somewhere so that i remember them for next year (laughs) it's gonna be a long long painful death (laughs) which is funny because like these are more dad jokes and you're a dad and yet you haven't really hit us with too many dad jokes no i haven't i haven't hit anybody with too many dad jokes and that's it's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's like I draw a blank on all my dad jokes when I sit down in front of a microphone. Hey, can I tell you a dad joke though? Sure. What did one? What did the slow tomato say to the fast tomato? Ketchup. 
Well, it's, I'll catch up, but yeah. <laughs> that, that, one, that one was 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 from Pulp Fiction. Was it actually? Yeah. Uh, 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 I have an app on my phone that gives me jokes every day. <laughs> and it told me that one the other day, and I giggled. <laughs> oh goodness! Okay, yeah. so. We have two stories. Yes. And what story are you doing? Uh, so I I am reading The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. okay. And I, put that's... Some, I put some music on it, too. So it's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I am afterward going to be recounting a story from my youth. And I'm just going to leave it at that. It's uh, It's something I forgot. And I, I don't know if my brain wanted to remember, but it's a long time ago, so I figure uh, it'll be a good good thing to get it out. Okay. I feel a little bit bad that I didn't write anything for this. Um, I, I think for next year, we'll, we'll plan a little bit better and I'll, I'll write something for it. Um, oh, d d don't feel bad. This is just kind of okay. something that came came into my memory well the other thing is too like i, I did kind of want to write something but it was kind of kind of get like a little bit too meta and basically my idea was like embodied forms of depression and anxiety that i've been dealing with so i'm like uh that might get a little meta yeah <laughs> <laughs> which might be okay but you know all right okay you go first the raven by edgar Allan poe once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary over a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor," I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I remember, it was in the bleak December, and each, for each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow, from my books or seas of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore. For the rare radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now, to still my, the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. Th this is it, and nothing more. Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so you, gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door, darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming, dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token. And the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again I heard a tapping, somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or say he, stayed he. 
Not the least obeisance said made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mine lord with mine of lord or lady perched above my chamber door. Perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore, though thy crest be short and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore, tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though this, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast upon sculpted bust above his chamber door, with such a name as nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bust, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather that then he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store, caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs uh, one burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy broken bore of never, nevermore. But the raven still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then upon the velvet sinking I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy, thinking that this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt and ominous bird of yore, meant in croaking, nevermore. This I sat in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining, on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamp loaded o'er. But whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press, ah, nevermore. Then, methought, the air grew denser, perfumed by an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee, by these angels he hath sent thee, respite, respite, and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, O oh, quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still if bird or devil, whether tempter sent, or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted on this desert land enchanted, on his home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that god we both adore, tell this soul of sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden, it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels named Lenore, clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels named Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked up starting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of thy of that lie thy soul has spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken, quit that bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart, and take thy form off my from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas, just above my chamber door. 
and his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the lamplight over him streaming throws his shadow on the floor, and my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. Uh, and that was The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe, as read by Senpai. The... Very well done. Very well done. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm going to be recounting a story from my youth. And uh, yeah, so here we go. Wait, before you get into it, mm -hmm. since since we're not coming back after this story, we're just going to let it go. Uh, maybe we should do all of our Hey the Ice thanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> so thanks for listening, everyone. Um, thanks for <laughs> <laughs> We hope to have more Halloween spooktacular next year in 2020. And we hope that uh, you've enjoyed this episode and give us some feedback. Talk mm -hmm. to us on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot, and we will answer you. Absolutely, we will. And, um... Uh, oh yeah, next time we record will be a regular old episode, so if you have any questions for that, uh, be, feel free to let us know on, uh, on Facebooks. Right. Uh, on the have a good one, things. everybody. I'm gonna start in with my, my story from when I was just a lad. What's it called? Uh, it doesn't really have a title, it's just oh. kind of a memory, but I guess I could, I guess I could call it uh, The Line of Stones. I grew up in the 1980s, and... I was a gamer nerd. I used to pray for summer so I could get away from the bullies. But there were three guys who I spent my summers with and time in school with, and we played games, like, all the time. Jason, Morgan, and Brian. They basically kept me alive. During the summer, we used to go to the lake with each other's families. It was kind of a tradition ever since we were little. It was grade 8, and uh, the previous year, Jason hadn't come with us because his family got a new cabin on a new lake. But this year, Brian, Morgan, and I were going to be heading to Jason's lake, so we'd be seeing their new cabin for the first time. Jason was excited. He said he'd found a cool spooky spot in the forest last year and he wanted to show us. During the week it was stormy so we uh, filled our time playing Dungeons and Dragons and Chill and Call of Cthulhu. Jason kept looking out the window though saying that he wished it would clear up so we could go exploring. Finally on the Saturday it cleared up. We stuffed our backpacks with trail food, water, some other outdoorsy items and supplies. We got on our bikes and headed down the deer trail that Jason pointed out. We rode for a long time. I was starting to get a little worried when Jason stopped and said, Guys, take a look at this. There were these small piles of stones kind of set up in a line, and that line stretched as far as the eye could see to, to my right and my left until the line was kind of swallowed by the trees and I thought to myself what the heck is this it's like little it's like little Anukshuk almost but, but not quite Jason said come on and he crossed the line of stones we rode for a little while longer until there was this little branch off of the main deer trail 
And we rode down that one for like probably about four or five minutes. And we came to this spot where there was a staircase. It was a pristine staircase. It was old. But there was no building around it. He said, Jason said, Hey guys, look at this. And he went over and he patted the staircase and he said, There had to be a house here at some point. And this stuff is old, so there's probably spirits here. And so he went into his backpack and he whipped out a Ouija board that he'd happened to bring with him. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I, this doesn't seem like a very good idea to me. Because, well, I was a squeamish kid. Everybody else thought I was just, you know, being a coward. So I caved to the peer pressure. And I sat down and Jason put the Ouija board between us. And he said, okay, you got to touch the pointer lightly. Because you don't want to move it yourself. You want the spirits to move it instead. And so we said, okay, and we all lightly touched the pointer. It was like a plastic, almost looked like a heart, but it, it, it had a pointy end. It had like a, a window, so you could kind of see the letters underneath it and whatnot. But anyhow, we put our hands on it, and we waited. And we waited. And then Jason asked a question. He said, Is there anyone here? And slowly and surely, that pointer moved to the word that said, Yes. And then it moved back to the center of the board. And then he said, have you been here since before there was people? And again, that pointer moved to the word that said, yes. At this point, I thought, okay, Jason's messing with us. He's just moving this thing himself. And that's when he asked his next question. What is your name? I will never, ever forget the sound that I heard at that moment. It was like a low rumbling. And it was in a language that I couldn't understand. And all of a sudden, our hands flew off that pointer. And that pointer started moving all over the board on its own. Jason had this crazed look on his face and a smile that was unnaturally big. And that's when I heard this screech. This inhuman screech. We all jumped up and we all started running. We grabbed our bikes and we started riding for our lives. We wanted to be out of there. And we rode, and we rode, and we could feel this presence around us, and we could hear the voice in our heads. I looked back, and Jason wasn't riding quite as fast as us. And he was, he was kind of 
grabbing his hair and he was he was pulling at his ears and and then look back again after we crossed the line of stones and Jason was gone <laughs>